Hi there, I'm Robert Netkin, host of the Information Security Podcast. For 16 years, the summit has gathered thought leaders of the information security world for a week of learning, networking, and conversation about the industry. Today, we're recording live at the 2018 Information Security Summit. We'll be sitting down with Randy Cole, who presented at this year's summit. Randy Cole is the Executive Director at Ohio Turnpike and Infrastructure Commission. His extensive knowledge of public policy, information architecture, internet communications, and advanced technologies like IoT and blockchain have established Randy as an expert in the information security industry. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the program today. Now, many people may think, wait a minute, executive director, what does the turnpike have to do with information security? What, how, how, how are those two connected? Well, today, infrastructure involves a lot of security. And as we look towards the future, the very near future, the Internet of Things, connected and autonomous vehicles, the technology that's coming towards us, information security, technical security is a very important component of all of that. So when we think of information security and autonomous vehicles, do, do, are we talking about hacking cars? What are we talking about? Well, for us, we have a number of different components of technology on the, on the turnpike itself, uh, tolling. You know, and the fact that we collect money and transfer money and payments is a very important part of what we do. Easy Pass is a really nice convenience nowadays, isn't it? It is, and it's avail- it, it both saves you time and saves you money. Thanks for letting me get the PSA out there. And there's many pieces, and this is just one aspect of information security that that the turnpike deals with that's right that's just that toll collection or payment side but then you start to get into again the way we want to use connected vehicle technology in the in the oncoming self-driving cars and and whether what kind of infrastructure v2i support we need to provide to help enable that to happen what is v2i V2I is, is vehicle to infrastructure, and which is now becoming, I think, the more common parlance today uh, is vehicle to everything. So not V2I just meaning infrastructure, but vehicle to everything, meaning other vehicles to infrastructure uh, and perhaps you, to You mean systems. our cars can talk to each other? Our cars will be able to talk to each other. Right now, we're only finding a couple of them out on our road. But we do, we are, are in the middle of a fleet modernization project on the turnpike, so 38 of our vehicles are equipped with technology to talk to each other and talk to our So what kind of conversations systems. are these cars having, and, and why do they need to talk to each other? Right now, the conversations aren't very exciting, but they are very important. They're focused on safety, and again... In the parlance, it's called a basic safety message. All cars have been equipped with them internally for years. Some services like OnStar, you're actually sending signals back to your auto manufacturer or to someone providing support for your vehicle. But now as infrastructure owners, as operators of roadway, we are trying to send out safety messages related to crashes, weather, road construction. You know, road construction is a very serious business, both for the safety of our contractors and employees, but also for our customers as they drive through those zones. So right now, the the information we're focused on is related to those very basic safety aspects of driving down the road. We take safety as the most important aspect. And so the systems behind that, the processes and strategies related to safety, they do have an impact, and, and when you see what happens with traffic crashes and the tragedy that is and what's happening with distracted drivers, it is the most important part of the job. Now, your talk that you just finished giving and, and that I understand was recorded as well, which is really cool, was talking about leading from the edge. What is the edge of information security and the turnpike today? 
Well, when I talk about the edge, I talk about it from two main perspectives. One is just that we are in the edge of, of a very disruptive time. So the, the word edge itself just means we are at the edge of what we know today, and it is time to embrace new things. But the other aspect of the word edge relates to the more technical part of the edge, meaning sensors at the edge, edge computing, fog computing, new concepts we have that we haven't really fully investigated yet. We don't know what the security risks are and what all of the security possibilities are to improve security in new ways because we are working at the edge. Why would an organization want to concern itself with the intersection of information security and the edge? The latest estimates I, I see are by 2020, there will be 20 billion connected devices. Those are all places where you can access a system where people can do bad things, but it's also with dealing with security at the edge, we can keep the bad people and the bad things from happening back at the mothership or back at a central database. If we have the right security at the edge, uh, we have the right strategies, and if we move important computing aspects and data analysis from the edge or, or near the edge to the fog, it makes data much less attractive, much less valuable. As you gain a lot of this new technology, do you, how do you respond to criticism saying that you're just creating more opportunities for troubles, you know, that somebody could hack all of this and, and create some, some mayhem, or, or you're painting a target on yourselves for some nation state to, to create problems? Well, you know, we, we started our conversation by talking about the, the valuable data we have. And I think across the board, whether it's a private company or government agency, we continue to see where they have a central database that is the rich target. So having a brand name, announcing how many customers you have, announcing your revenue, that paints the target for people. I think the edge computing and using the Internet of Things with the right security protocols, again, is as long as that you know, the security works both ways. One, you, you try to control that at the access point, but you also prevent too much information from transferring back upstream to the central database or to the cloud. By cutting that off, by analyzing it, putting the right risk protocols and security measures in place, I think we can prevent the attackers from getting in. Why do I think that the word blockchain applies to all of this? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of blockchain and, and what that future means. So Bitcoin is the most well-known application of blockchain, but blockchain is the fundamental technology behind it, which is a distributed ledger technology, just like the old paper ledgers. So that's often the analogies people use, is that idea that through a blockchain, everyone who's involved in it, whether it's a private blockchain or a public blockchain, all has access to the same information at the same time. It's encrypted, but it also then allows or requires consensus or validation of the data. So again, going back to an example, one of the first things when we talked about connected vehicle technology people asked me about, they said, what are you going to do when somebody hacks, not a vehicle, but sends a false system? And working with our partners at Cisco in our project, I first wanted to say, can we put in business rules and validate? So say somebody wants to create a false alarm and say a, an airbag went off to try to get the highway patrol to go chase down an emergency response to go someplace. So an automated alarm from just some car passing through the passing turnpike. Passing through the turnpike. And you would get an alert that an airbag has gone off. That's right. And they so said, before somebody picks up and calls 911, you've got that message. We've got the message, but what we want to be able to do is then say, well, wait, that message should be independently verified in our system that it came with braking or that the latitude and longitude, the speed of the car, all of those signals 
would all have to be in there, not just an airbag deployed, but other data that correlated. And then we talked about can we develop the system in a way that other vehicles would have to be braking, right? If we see another vehicle that's just uh, you know a couple car lengths behind and it's not reacting to that data, can we at the edge triangulate, was the word I was using, but can we validate and verify the data? Well, when you talk about blockchain, a blockchain technology, a blockchain installation would mean potentially hundreds or thousands of validation saying that an encrypted message got in and that we don't trust it. We don't see the other parts of what we should see in that message. And I think that's how we can really improve the security is through lots of validation that people have to agree that it's the right data and that it's not malicious or false. If I'm reading this correctly, you're really raising the bar for an adversary to try to throw a monkey wrench into this. That's the whole idea. That we So the Internet of Things, connecting autonomous vehicles, can create a lot more access points. But if we put the right strategies in place, including those that are enabled by blockchain technology, we can put a, lo- a really big r- monkey wrench in or find it faster. Again, before it gets to the cloud, before it gets to a central database, have mechanisms in place or processes, technology like blockchain, that stop it before the actual intent of that malicious behavior catches on. Maybe you could share with us how much of this has changed in the period of time you've been in that role. What were you dealing with when you started, and and how has that progressed over that time? Well, in the time I've been there, and, and I think as you go from, again, the advent of electronic tolling, which was instituted in Ohio through Easy Pass in 2009, from then to now, we have had to look at, at more data, more systems that are both cloud-enabled, but also have become more valuable. The number of EasyPass accounts, the amount of revenue has changed. But our processes, our security have also changed with that. But again, no one thought of five or 10 years ago the fact that we had to worry about the information security related to vehicles passing through our roadway. That was not a responsibility of ours, nor a capability of ours. And yet that's the future we're seeing The fact now. that every vehicle that passes through is tagged as that vehicle passing through, as opposed to just being a collection mechanism for revenue. That's right. The only place where we had that intersection of needing to transfer information about vehicles was at the toll collection point. And if they just handed us cash, we didn't even have to worry about that. As you look at the technology that's going into construction, other things that we're not even talking about yet, like UAVs, which are unmanned aerial vehicles, um, drones, drones flying over the turnpike. Absolutely. and, and right, Are we going to see that in the future? I believe we will. What would be the application of such a thing, aside from photographers wanting to get some cool shots? Well, the best example we've had so far is all related to emergency response and or missing persons. There have been some very successful stories where the use of a drone has found someone who is missing much faster than a field full of That's people locked arm in arm. That's a fantastic application. Very, very good. But construction, aerial surveys, but we can also do bridge inspections, culvert inspections, take inspections in places that are either very expensive today or very difficult and unsafe for humans to do. And do them much more quickly. Much more quickly so that then the analysis of that data is done back in an office where people can take the time to look at the readings, do a thorough inspection of the data off of readings that we can't do with the human eye. I mean, these drones can use infrared cameras. They can find cracks and structure issues behind paint, behind the concrete. And those are the type of things we need to know. The technology is evolving quickly, and I'm excited to see where the market goes with that. If you could give the people listening to this podcast some advice... What do you want them to take away with this discussion? I'd hope what they'd take away is that if you look at history, we've we've lived through periods of disruptions before. 
the end of the Industrial Revolution, the advent of things like the car and the automobile, if we look back even just 100 years and see how much the world has changed, look back at the 60s or the 70s and what the advent of the Internet meant, the people who were early adopters or understand the value, the impact of these technologies, really personalize it within your organization with the services you provide. If you look at how you could take advantage of these things, that's a process. It's not flipping a switch. You have to change culture. You have to do research. You have to be prepared and understand what the impacts are. Those who just wait for everyone else to adopt it, again, they lose value, they run risk. There's some very exciting things happening and it's just, it should be a process and it should be something that people are taking active steps in leading from the edge to be a part of them. We hope you enjoyed today's interview with Randy, recorded live at the event on October 25th, 2018. Thanks for joining us on the Information Security Podcast. You can find our other podcasts featuring keynotes and behind-the-scenes interviews with some of the Summit speakers by subscribing to the Information Security Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Learn more about the Summit at informationsecuritysummit.org. Before you'd go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our ISS partners, ASMGI, Better With Mustard, and Hurricane Labs. We'd also like to thank Front Porch Media for producing this podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay secure.